Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back. Finally, welcome back to the show. I am one of your hosts, Blake Rafino, and to the left of me, right of me, I don't know which side he's on, is former Saints wide receiver, Kansas City wide receiver, the great TC, Terrence Copper. TC, what's happening tonight, my brother? Blake, what's going on, man? Well, it's been a busy week. You know, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell the listeners on Believe in Saints, you know, we had a passing um, last week, so it's really... Tough one, but as I know my grandmother would love it because Saints camp starts tomorrow. TC, let's go. I'm excited. What about you? Right. right. I'm excited about it, but I guess what? Those players aren't excited. I can uh, tell you that. <laughs> well, especially the veterans, I would right. assume, right? Like the veterans probably aren't excited at all, I would assume. At all. <laughs> uh, TC, how much did uh, – you know what? We got so much content we got to get to. That's the first question I want to start off with with you um, and get there. So tonight we'll be talking about – so camp obviously starts tomorrow. Mickey Loomis and Dennis Allen spoke a lot. Uh, 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 Jameis Winston was true to his word. He didn't cut his hair. He's got a fro. He looks like he's out of a 1970s GQ magazine with the fro, looking good. Knee looking good. Jarvis Landry's in the house. You signed Malcolm Brown today along with Nick Martin, who I I think, you know what, we'll get to it. Mm-hmm. I'm getting ahead of myself. So we just got so much content that we got to get to tonight. I want to talk to you about the preseason, too. Um, how much does it really get you ready? I know the third game when you were playing was a big deal. You got a lot more reps mm-hmm. uh, and, and stuff like that. So we'll get into all that. So it's going to be very, very fun. TC, but you know what we got to do, though, before we kick all this off, right? What's that? We got to pay these bills, man. Pay the bills. We got to pay these bills. All right, everybody do us a favor, though, very quickly. Hit the like and share. Share to your Facebook. Share to your YouTube. Subscribe. Notification bell. All that stuff. We greatly appreciate it. So let's do this very quickly. We got so much to get into. Let's pay these bills. Let's talk about our good friends over at BetOnline. We'll be back in 45 seconds. Talk all about your Saints football. Our partners over at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's easy to get started, so head on over to their website. Use BetOnline.ag. Use that promo code BELIEVE. That's B L. E-A-V, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus 
on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. Betonline.ag. All right, so we are back. We're here with TC, former L- uh, former LSU, former Saints wide receiver, Terrence Copper. So, Cop, big day today for the Saints. Obviously, camp starts tomorrow. The veterans reported today. I, I, I'm going to give you the floor like I, I do always on things that I've never experienced. What is it like? Take us through the minds of a veteran. Take us through the minds of a, of a rookie or, or, or a guy that's on the fringe or maybe a guy that thinks he's a camp body but – wants to try to make the team. Uh, take us through all three of those levels, man. What is it like when you when you put on that helmet and those cleats uh, tomorrow in, li- in live real action? Well, first, if you are a young guy, you're excited about it because you get a chance to go out there. You're excited. You're anxious because you get to go out there and show what you can do and get, have an opportunity to make this team and, and kind of fulfill your dream because this is everybody that's playing. This is their dream you know, to play on an NFL team and to make an NFL roster. So if you're a rookie, that is your – or a rookie or a younger guy, that is your thought process, you know. But if you're a veteran, they're not happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> Why they're is that? We don't even like – we don't even bring up the word uh, training camp until we're at training camp because that's a curse word. Like, do not do not uh, mess up my off season talking about training camp. Because training camp is tough, and once we get to training camp, then we get to it. But that's not anything the veterans like talking about because they know how tough it is. And especially when you get older, you have more aches and pains uh, when you're doing training camp. But the good thing about training camps during this time of the years instead of the years in the past, both of those practices aren't real practices. You know, when you practicing twice a day, one practice is a – a full padded practice, but the other practice is like a walkthrough, mm-hmm. you know? So with the new CBA, when they came out with that, you know, that actually added on years to guys because training camp takes some years off of you, you know, especially if you're an older guy, you know, but having one practice being a walkthrough and then the other practices is full throttle. You can deal with that in training camp, but earlier in early in the years, man, you practicing twice full pads, you know, and then you got preseason games on top of that while you're in training game. Bro, we got preseason games in damn near a week. Right. You got to get ready to go in a week. I, I don't. And I think Pooh Bear, from our producer from the Golden Boot podcast, said, and he's asking you, as fans, we know it's not just football. What is the offseason like for players? I guess, TC, let me add on to that question. Because you're not required to go in and lift. This isn't high school. This isn't college. How do you keep yourself in shape? Like, is that just a discipline thing? Like, how does that work out? Yeah, you'd have to, you definitely have to be disciplined. And, and when you're young, and I didn't, I didn't realize this until my second year in the league. Uh, because when you first, if you're a rookie and you first coming into the league, you really don't know what to do when it comes to the offseason and understanding how to take care of your body. Uh, you really don't understand it. You know, and so what I did to my first year playing in Dallas, you know, I, I played that year during the off season. I was just home chilling because I knew we had um, off season training starting up in like the end of March or in April. So once the season was over in, in January, if you didn't make the playoffs, I'm just home chilling. OK, when I get back, did I get back in football mode? That was my rookie year. But once I got back, my strength and conditioning coach like cop you put on six pounds and I was like yeah but I'm about to work it off it was like listen if you want a long career if you want to be at your best stay in shape year-round don't get out of shape because it's hard to get back in shape and as you get older the more you get out of shape the less your production is the less you're being productive and it's going to be that way because you're getting older as well So as you get older, you actually want to lose weight as you're getting older. Each year, you want to lose about two pounds each year and come in lighter. So you're actually quicker when you – because you're getting older. But That's interesting. But, yeah, that was – go ahead. No, I was just saying that's interesting. Yeah, it is. It is. So, but yeah, that's – So basically, TC, you're not coming up, calling up Domino's, getting you an extra large thin crust pizza with four toppings on it. That's what I'm hearing. Exactly. You can't do it. it. But but during the offseason now, once – after my rookie year, I, I really understood that you have to work out on your own. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you have to get out there and work out on your own, weightlifting, conditioning, all that stuff. You have to continue to doing that even once the season's over. So if the season's open in January, I would take two weeks off just to let my body heal back up. Right. Two weeks of really doing nothing, but just let my body heal up. But after those two weeks, I get back into maybe playing basketball, doing a little bit of working out just to get back moving for another two weeks. And then after that, I get back to my weight training and my conditioning part of it and speed and agility part of it. It's always so crazy to hear guys telling tearing like an ACL or an Achilles playing basketball to get back in shape. Cause look, man, basketball, if you're going full court, will get you in shape. I mean, right. you got to, I mean, look, I'll be honest. I, I never scored a basket. Let me say this in the off season. I would, you know, I look TC, I'll be honest. And, and linemen are obviously are different from, from wide receivers, you know, obviously, but I would in the off season, dude, especially in the cold, I would bulk up. I, I would put on as much weight as I could because when February hits, dude, I am gonna run all that off. Okay. Right. And I love thin crust Domino's pizza. Shout out to Domino's, <laughs> sponsor the show for crying out loud. Right. But you're right, basketball was always a big thing for me, even if, you know, and they the guys knew. Like I'm not here to play basketball. I'm here to get in shape. You know, like exactly. that. That's that, it. That's it. Don't pass I, me the ball. I'll do the little flashy, like ho ho ho. You know, yeah. like I was the fat point guard. You know, like I ain't gonna shoot. I'll get you the ball. Don't. don't I ain't shooting shit. You know, like exactly. I'm not. I, I ain't shooting. It's just about getting driving, in shape. We ain't driving to the cup. All we doing is playing defense and running the court. That's oh man, it. one time <laughs> I got a steal versus a guy that was a point guard. Shout out to Brandon Mills. But I got a steal on him. I was just playing with him, okay? <laughs> Batted the ball, and I'm going down the court like hot. You know how LeBron has that little that little glide to him? So I'm coming up left side of the court. I hit that little glide. TC, I go up for a finger roll. Missed it. <laughs> anyway, but look, we do got to get a lot into on the field. Michael Thomas is put on the pup list, but Mickey Loomis came out today Instead, guys, he's going to be back in a couple of days, maybe a week. He's fine. TC, I got to be honest. He's got a lot of people he's got to prove wrong as doubters. And look, it's not, you know, for me, and I'll, I'll get your opinion on this, but for me, when people worry about Michael Thomas, I get it. Okay, mm -hmm. look, you're starting off training camp on the pup list, but like you said, man, he's a veteran. You're not reading too much into this like me, right? Or this isn't a big deal that he started – uh, he's going to start training camp on the pup list, right? Okay, so it all depends on how long he's going to stay on that pup list. Now, if he's truly going to come back in a couple of days or a week at the, mo at the most, then we're fine. But if he start missing the majority of training camp, even though he's a veteran and he know the game, it's not about it's not about the mental part of it. It's about the physical part of it. Like right. your body has to be ready for the season. And the only way to get ready for the season is you have to go through training camp. You have to push your body to that limit during training camp because now if you, if you, if you got guys that hold out and don't go to training camp, and if a quarterback hold out or something like that, that's different. But if you got guys that hold out that don't go to training camp at all and they just show up during the season and trying to play, a lot of times those guys get injured because their body is just not ready to start playing Darrell Revis. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So training camp, even though we hate training camp, but training camp is needed all the time. Like you have to go through training camp because if you don't, you're not going to be ready for that season. Your timing is not going to be there. Your body is not going to be used to the movements and the, the type of soreness that you got to go through. You have to endure, you know, so it, training camp is needed. You have to go through it. Uh, Sean, we'll get to your question. He asked about Quan Alexander coming back. I don't think that he is, TC. Uh, so Mickey Loomis and Dennis Allen spoke today, and they spoke a, very highly on uh, Pete Warner, the linebacker from Ohio State. They project him to be a starter. We'll see. So, Sean, I, I, I think um, I, I think that they're going to go Pete Warner. So, TC, I, I do agree with you, right? Like, I think it's a big deal because, look, when you're out for two years like you are, you gotta you got to start turning some heads. Uh, I'm not worried about him, okay, but I am cautious. You know, like I, I'm watching. Right. I, I, I want to see what happens, and we'll go from there. <laughs> ben, stop. Go find your mama. <laughs> it's my little son, Ben. 
<laughs> you can't come on the show, buddy. What's uh, up, Ben? Okay, come on, very quickly. <laughs> say hello to, say hey, Mr. TCO. You following? Say hey. Hey. What's uh, up? <laughs> all right, go find your mama. Okay. She's calling for you. Go, go. Um. So let's transition. So today. The Saints did a lot of workouts. They had running back Malcolm Brown that they signed. He's been with the Rams. He's been a couple places. And they signed uh, – um, not Zach Martin. Um, I forget the young man's name. Guys, help me out on the first name. I, I just got – they signed Martin. But, TC, it's crucial. We've been talking on the show a lot about running backs. Look, I think Malcolm Brown's a good player. Now, I want to ask you this. Malcolm Brown – has had a lot of snaps. He's had a lot of carries. He's got a lot of tread on his tires. Uh, Nick Martin, thank you. Um, but look, it, 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 them signing another running back this late, or I mean, we're really literally into training camp. Do you see that as a little bit of concern that the Saints might know something about Alvin Kamara? Or is this just maybe, look, they're trying to get the best guys in there just in case? I think both. I think both it's training camp, you know, and you, you want to get the best players on the field. You need to have enough bodies at the running back position uh, during training camp as well. And also, I think they know something coming down the pipeline with Kamara. Got to. I think they know it. They have to. I think they know it. You know, so and, and even if they don't know it right now, you still have to prepare like he won't be there because you know that it's out there, you know, so. I think I think they're doing the right steps. I, I don't think they're doing anything wrong. I think they are they're being precautious with everything. And plus, you need some more camp bodies. Now, let me ask you this, and and do, you don't have to say the player because you know I don't want to put their business out there, anything like that. But have you like I'm assuming that there's been situations that you were in in your NFL career where something like this may have happened, where you maybe and maybe not. I, I don't know. But have you ever experienced something like this where a really big-time teammate is going to have to sit out six weeks or uh, and, and you got to take reps? How does that even work, I mean, from an NFL perspective? number So, number one, did you ever go through something like that? And number two, how does that work in training camp? Will Alvin Kamara still be taking reps with the first team during practice? Uh, you know what? I don't it, – it never happened during training camp. It did happen during the season. But if I'm not mistaken, I'm, I'm not sure. Don't quote me on it. But if I'm not mistaken, they can't even be to the facility. Correct. That's correct. You know, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. So he, he can't even be there at all. But that never happened to me during training camp. But it did happen during the season. So I have no idea how that's going to play out during training camp. But like I said, those are extra reps that other guys have to take. Look, I, I like the signings today. Okay, when I look at Malcolm Brown, Look, I, I still have some faith in some of these guys, okay, in reference to um, what they can do. I still think um, Mark Ingram has tread on the tires, right? Like, I, I still believe that. Now, he goes to number five, Andy Dalton gets uh, number 14. But I think when you get a guy in here like Malcolm Brown, you – I mean, TC, like, this is I, – I really look at weight for a running back. Okay, he's 5'11", 225. He's a bruiser. He was at Texas. He had a lot of carries when he was at Texas. I mean, he's a really, really good back. However, when I go and I look at these, you know, some of these stats, he's not a guy that's going to break the top off. He's going to get you the three. You know who, who he really reminds me of? Who was the running back y'all had? His last name was Bell. Was it Tim Bell uh, on y'all's team? Um the running back, I think it was number twenty. He ain't gonna, he ain't gonna burn you, but mm -hmm. you better buckle your chin strap because he's gonna knock you out. That's Malcolm Brown. It also tells me this, and we're gonna talk about Pete Carmichael too. There ain't gonna be a lot changing with this offense. Now he's gonna spread it out a little bit more, but TC, you're adding the same running backs, brother. Like you know what I mean? Like you're, you're doing. This is a Sean Payton move through and through. When you see something like that in a guy that can fit an offense like Malcolm Brown, does it send a signal to the team like, hey, guys, ain't shit changing? You know, like the show goes on offensively. Do you do you get that vibe when you add a back like that that's just so familiar to a, a system that's worked? You, you know what? I, I think you're correct on it uh, because you want to get guys in that, that knows your system, that's 
that understands your system. And I don't think it's going to change at all. I think, what will it change to? What else do Pete Carmichael know? What else? I, I don't mean, know. It's like it's like way. when you married TC, like we are for a long time. You don't know what you don't know. I mean, you know, the women get on you. I, I ain't Miss <laughs> Copper. I'm sorry, T, you know TC. You know, I, I don't want to get you no trouble here, T. <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, I mean, uh, the system can't change because it's not like Pete has been at a ton of different places. You know, he's been under Coach Payton forever. That's what he knows. Mm-hmm. So he may tweak it a little bit here and there, but it's going to be the same offense. That's what he know. Yeah, I mean, because look, I, I don't know. Like I look at, I look at the stats, and I'm not a stat, uh, a stat geek by any stretch of the imagination. But he's got 331 yards, 13, uh, 1300 total yards, 12 touchdowns. Now he was with the Rams for a long time. He's a good one cut back. Sound does this sound familiar? I, I mean, mm-hmm. it just sounds so familiar. Look, I think that he can make this team. Uh, okay, because TC, you know this better than most. When it's starting one, y- y- this game does come down to a game of inches. And if somebody could put their head down and look, I, I mean, l- let's see what happens. I I I I hope that he has a good uh, training camp. However. TC, we haven't talked about this offensive line enough this offseason. I know that we don't know what they're going to do at left tackle, but the Saints added today Nick Martin. Now, his brother Zach is obviously, we all know, all pro, all world, right guard for the Dallas Cowboys. Nick Martin can play. I'm going to tell you something. I think that this was, and and I know that I'm a former offensive lineman and I geek out to O-line play. This might have been the most crucial most crucial signing of the offseason. Here's why, in my opinion. Andrews Pete has never played a full season. And I'm going to tell you something. Nick Martin can play guard or center. And when and not if, but when Andrews Pete goes down, there's a very good chance Nick Martin steps in there and he doesn't give the he doesn't give the starting position back. I think so just my opinion, Nick Martin could be your starting left guard if the Saints make the playoffs. I, I truly believe that. Now I don't know, TC, what you do with Andrews Pete. I, you know, I, I don't know. But Nick Martin is that good. He he is wow. a very very good offensive lineman. Why? Now TC, there might be something with the medical that I don't know. Right? Like, gotta be. But if it's just on a play in aspect, it's like a it's like a signing of a Richie Incognito without the bullying in the locker room. Right. Like that's how big of a pickup this is to me. Look, yeah. he played at Notre Dame. Uh, he was with the Raiders last year, I believe, and didn't start, but he played in every single game, so they were rotating him in and out as much as they could. Mm-hmm. Again, does it sound familiar? A guy that could play center or guard that can rotate during injuries. It's the same game plan, TC. It's, yeah. I mean, Dennis is literally <laughs> reading the book of Sean Payton. Tell me I'm going crazy. Nah, I mean, it, it sounds like it. They don't sound like you're going crazy, but it sounds like it's it's the same stuff, you know. And and hats off to him, the, the, the signing, because the more you can do, that's what the NFL is, the more you can do. So if I can play center and I can play guard, guess what? That just locks a position down when cuts come. Exactly, exactly. You know, so – and sometimes the worst thing a starter want to do is for his backup to be seen. <laughs> so true you don't want your backup to be seen because a lot of times your backup is just as good as you are sometimes you know but you just don't want him to be seen you want him to stay the backup how how um how small is that margin of error in the nfl what i mean by that is tc you're all good but how small is it you know, like you talked about a couple of weeks ago on the show, like, hey, I thought that this guy that was playing wide receiver was better than me, but I played special teams. Like, that small of a margin, like, that separates you from making the team or not. Yep. It's always the more you can do. So so take me, for example. When I played played in New Orleans, not just New Orleans, but every other team I played on, I was a special teams guy, and I also played receiver. I rotated in receiver. 
but I wasn't a starter at receiver all the time. And I started some games at receiver, but I wasn't a starter all the time. So for me, I have to be able to do more things. So when I played receiver, I knew the Y, I knew the F, I knew the X, and I knew the Z. I knew all four positions, and I played on all special teams. So my value goes from here if I just play receiver to here because now I play receiver, all the receiver positions, and I play all special teams. Mm-hmm. So the more you can do, the better your chances are of playing compared to a guy that's just a one-trick pony. That's all he knows is this position right here. You know, so if you can, anybody out there is watching, man, learn everything. Learn everything. Well, and like that's why I ask you, you know, it's just the simple nature of – and look, what's crazy about this, TC, is – the uh, I think he uh, guys correct me if I'm wrong here, um, but Jamison Williams gets drafted by Detroit. I think he was the second receiver off the board. TC mm-hmm. he was the gunner on Alabama special teams. Wow! Right? Like, look at bottom line. At bottom line, maybe he doesn't work out, but you know what I know he can do. He can line up at the gunner, run a four a four three flat, literally mm-hmm. a four three flat. And he's going to go down there and tackle somebody. Right. And and look, I think that that is – when you see your number one wide receiver doing that, let me tell you something, and and T, we can talk about this as former players ourselves. If I see the number one guy at any position, the superstar of the team, running down there and making a play on special teams, you best believe that's going to pump pump me up. You know, like it's going to get me – it's going to get my juices flowing – so that mm-hmm. field goal that's 51 yards in the freezing cold in North Dakota or Minnesota, wherever it is, look, dog, it, it ain't a playoff for me no more, right? Like the chin straps are buckled and I'm punching you in the mouth. And so, you know, that's that's always something I wondered about and I'm glad uh, that you brought it up. Brought it up. Um, Mickey Loomis and Dennis Allen did talk about Taysom Hill's role. Now, Dennis Allen said that Taysom's role will be similar to what we've seen in the past, but TC, here's what's funny. He contradicted himself. He said, and I'm quoting, he will provide multiple roles, but primarily at tight end. He'll still take snaps at the quarterback position as we'd expect that in a power short yarded situation. We'll see how the season goes. So all all season, all we've been talking about, Taysom going to tight end. He's going to hit him with that bop, bop, bop. But then they come back and say he's going to play some quarterback. TC, at, at, at some point, they're going to have to let the man just play tight end and, and be done with it. Now, I'm cool with the Wildcat, but, man, it's crazy how things change when you get in a training camp, isn't it? You know what? It's, it's two things. It's two reasons why he probably made that comment. It's two reasons. Because, for one, if you look at it, You'll be like, okay, why would he change the fact that he's just – he told us earlier that all he's doing is playing tight end and he wasn't going to play any quarterback really. But now, like you said, he's changing it, saying he's going to be kind of the same role he did. He was last year, but predominantly at tight end. So there's two reasons why he will come out and say something like that. For one, it's because you want other teams to prepare for him because the more time they put in – practice preparing for our wildcat the more time they can't practice on other stuff him being in a bunch as a tight end as the top guy and whatever it may be right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep and then for two i don't think if you if you just planned on putting him at the tight end position or if you planned on putting him in the same role he was last year why would you say that why would you say and just allow them, just allow the defense to be, uh, I guess you could say, be surprised. I would have just kept it. He just playing tight end. I wouldn't even say anything about him playing quarterback again. I would just let it be a surprise. All they've been hearing in the media all offseason, he's just playing tight end, tight end, tight end. Guess what? They're not going to prepare for it in practice because all they're seeing is he's just playing tight end, tight end, tight end. They're not going to prepare for the Wildcat. So, like I said, I don't know the reason why he, he even said it like that or con- contradicted himself that way. But there's just two reasons: either he want the defense to prepare for it, or you know he don't. So I don't, I don't know why he brought it up. Do you think? Now this is where my brain went. Do you think that Jameis isn't fully healthy or ready to go? Because the way that, and I think that you're right. I, I 
let me say this before I ask you this question. I agree more with you than the question I'm about to ask you, but I think it's a logical question that fans will have. Does that mean that Jameis is a maybe not completely ready? Because you have Andy Dalton, and we've seen Andy Dalton come off the bench and be a serviceable quarterback, but it not go well. Uh, TC, do you have any worries about Jameis when your head coach and your GM makes that statement? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't have any worries because at the end of the day, Taysom can't do what Winston can do. Mm. Winston is Taysom is still not your every down quarterback. You know he's he's not your every down quarterback. They're just talking about packages. They're putting wildcat wildcat packages or short yardage goal line type stuff. Mm-hmm. So him getting in him getting in the game during those times doesn't really affect how Winston if he's injured or now if they said that he's going to take he's going to split series at the quarterback position not just goal line stuff but split series then I will I will wonder if Jameis is really all the way healthy because now he's actually splitting series with them but for them just going on goal line packages or short yarded packages that really don't say anything to me about Winston still it doesn't say that he's injured it doesn't say that he's that he's not all the way healthy if they're just saying that he's going to go in for different packages on goal line and short line stuff or or Wildcat. So, speaking on Jameis, let's transition there. Mickey got pretty fired up when asked questions about Jameis and was a little irritated. Now, I'm going to ask you two questions. Is One, and we'll get to Jameis in the second one. Uh, how much of a relationship did you have with Mickey? What kind of a GM did you think that he was? I know that we talked about this in episode one. But just to get back to it, since we're here, and, he, and look, he's all over TV, you know, I, going to get my son Ben out the tub, Mickey Loomis is on ESPN. Uh, what kind of a relationship did you have with Mickey as a player and, and and even after, you know, retiring and all that stuff? So as a player, it wasn't like we was close. It wasn't anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like a player-GM relationship. So it wasn't like anything special or anything like that. Um we respected each other. Uh, so it was a good relationship, but it wasn't like we were just always tight. It wasn't like that anything, but it was a good relationship. I think uh, I think Mr. Loomis is probably one of the better GMs out there. Uh, I think he's probably top five, one of the best GMs in the NFL. Uh, he, he's one of the greats. So I don't have anything bad to say about him. He's He's great at what he does. I just uh, imagine um, a GM being like an athletic director and always just out there standing like, God damn it, he's out here practice again. He, You know, Sean might – go ahead, go ahead. But he wasn't that type of guy. That's what I was about to ask. That's what He wasn't that type. Of, you will see him around. You will see him at practice. You will see him walk through uh, the facility. But he wasn't that type of guy that would – be calling the players out he wasn't that type of guy he let coach Peyton coach you know he let the coaches coach he wasn't he wasn't a GM that would be out there trying to coach up guys or getting on guys about you're not doing this right or doing that right he let his coaches coach and he did what he was good at you know but everybody respected him which he deserved that respect you know, it's funny because there's so many different – him and Sean are such different personalities. You know, like as Mickey's more reserved and Sean's like beat red because, you know, you got 17 yards instead of taking it to the house on a wheel route, you know, like something like that. You know, like that's – they're just so different. But Mickey did get pretty animated today, and I'm quoting here, we are not in a rebuild mode. This is not – I repeat, is not a real a rebuild that's the best way that I'm going to describe it at this time. We feel like we can win now, uh, uh, Mickey Loomis said. Uh, Allen also, uh, Dennis Allen, the head coach, also added it. Yeah, we're not in a rebuild. This is a rebuild. This is a really good team. I don't agree with him there, TC. I agree with him everywhere else. Let me tell you my opinion of rebuilds, okay? Mm-hmm. When you don't make the playoffs, you got to rebuild to get there. Okay, now, mm-hmm. it, you can have all the pieces you want. That sounds good to me. But look, Big Daddy, you've had you were you had that talent a season ago. You're a quarterback injury away from not making the playoffs, right? And so, mm-hmm. I, I do I do understand that he's sticking up for his team, he's sticking up for his coach, and all this kind of stuff. However, this is a new this is a transition year. Um, 
when you're in a situation where when you're on a good team and you're trying to get back to that playoffs, is there more of an intensity in that locker room during training camp? Maybe the veterans are a little bit more locked in, stuff like that. When Mickey makes a statement like that, is that just like the venture vibe of the team? You know, it's, it's not even about uh, Mr. Loomis' comment or about anybody's comment. Mm. Because when you're an NFL player and you're on that level, you're always going to be locked in, especially at the beginning of the season. Because y'all have goals. They have team goals that they, they want to meet. You know, so everybody's going to be locked in. Everybody's Everybody is eyeing the Super Bowl. Mm. That's what everybody's eyeing. So everybody's going to be locked in. Everybody feel like this is their year to win the Super Bowl. Everybody feels that way until the season start. You know, so when you go into and everybody goal is to go 17 and 0. That's the goal. You don't start training camp. You don't do all this training. You don't do all this stuff to lose a game. Of course, you may think, okay, you understand there's some games you may you may have some tough games. You may lose a couple of games. You may lose some games. But the goal is to win every game. You know, that's the goal is to win every game. So the player's going to be locked in. And I, and me personally, I don't think it's a rebuild year. I don't think it is because they're too talented. Last year, to me, last year, they should have made the playoffs. Last year. We just had so much bad luck happen last year. You know, and, and we still could have made the playoffs. You know, we still should have had. You know, so I just feel like I don't think it's a rebuild year. Now we do. We got a new head coach. We do have a new a new head coach, but he's he still come from the same coaching staff. We got a new offensive coordinator, but guess what? He still come from the same coaching staff. So it's not like we're bringing in outside coaches to to be the head coach or to be the offensive coordinator. We got guys that was right in house, and we bring in so much more talent, offensively and defensively. Agreed. Jarvis so Landry looks good in that 80. Yeah, so I don't see – me personally, I don't see where the rebuild is at. Now, if you – and your quarterback is coming back from last year. Now, if you – put it this way, last year to me was a rebuild year. When you lose uh, – Drew. When you lose Drew Brees. When you lose your quarterback like that, to me, that is, okay, now you're in a rebuild year. Because you have a quarterback that's been there for years – a Hall of Fame quarterback, and he leaves. To me, that's a, now you're in a rebuilding part of it because you got to get peace, and you didn't have any receivers. You really didn't have any receivers. No disrespect to the guys that was there last year, but there wasn't the guys that's there now. You know, you got some you got some receivers there now that can go get it. But last year, you didn't have any receivers, really. You didn't have Drew Brees at quarterback. So, to me, the rebuild was last year. This year, your quarterback is back healthy. And you done got some veterans in on the defensive end. And you got some veteran receivers in as well. And you got some young talent in. So, to me, this is a deep run in the playoff team, not a rebuild team. You might have sold me on that. I I think that you make a really good point about the Drew Brees factor. I just, again, you know, new – but let me ask you this. And I want to ask you one more, and I want to get around the the, uh, the division very quickly. Could I make the argument it's the same with Sean Payton? I think that would be a great argument if his successor wasn't stepping in. That's fair. That's that that's but fair. That, that would have been because the whole goddamn staff's still there. <laughs> everybody's there, you know. So it's a good if point. Pete wasn't there. If Pete wasn't stepping in to take over then I'd be like, ah, you know, it might be tough. But they're running the same stuff. Pete is not Coach – Pete is not Same Coach terminology. Payton. Yeah. Right. He's not Coach Payton, but they think alike. Mm. They think alike. They don't have a choice but to think alike. You've been around each other so much, and you've been working together so much, you have no choice but to think alike, you know, when it comes to certain things. I think that that's a good point. I think that's a good point. That you make there. I, I could be wrong. I just, you know, like I could see this, but we'll see. But the best way to see it is let's see how they start kicking off a preseason. I want to get this to you right quickly, TC, and I want to go around the division because there's been a lot of news since we last spoke uh, here live. N- number one, 
what do you look for? I'll tell you what I look for in a preseason or scrimmages, whether it be LSU, whether it be Saints. I want it to be clean. I honestly don't care if you win or lose the game. Now, obviously, you want to win. I want you to win. I'm not saying that. I want you to get in and out of the huddle clean. I don't want a lot of tic-tac stuff from your first, second line guys, third, fourth string, okay, whatever. You know, like these guys are doing absolutely everything they can to make the team. I'll let a lot of that stuff slide. Is there anything from you in preseason that you focus on a, a lot uh, to see how the team's chemistry is going and stuff like that? Execution. That is the biggest thing. Execution. Because we're not – coaches are not going to game plan who they plan in preseason. They're not game planning it. They're going to run the plays they run in training camp. They're not game planning it. They're not uh, – doing any type of stuff like that. We just going to call plays where we see fit for down and distance, different things like that. And we just got to make it work. So we just want to, we just want to be able to execute. And like you said, not have a dirty game to where it's a ton of penalties and it looked bad, you know, so execution is the really big thing. And you got to be able to establish who you are. Who are we? Mm -hmm. That's what we got to establish. Are we a ground and pound team? Are we a, light them up, throw it in the air team, or are we a play action team? We got to find out who we are because we're not the same team we were last year. So, and honestly, right now, offensively, even though Pete is the offensive coordinator and he's going to do a great job, but he don't really know who they are right yet. He don't know, you know, until the season start and them pads come on and we start hitting, you really don't know who you are as a team what you can hang your hat on and be like, okay, this is who we are mm-hmm. right here. You know, so it takes the preseason to, to know some of those things. I think that the Andy Dalton signing for Jameis Winston's a big deal. I We need to keep him upright and healthy. I think down the stretch, look, he's played a lot of playoff games, TC. He's played a lot of playoff games against great defenses like the Ravens and the Steelers. The Patriots, I mean, look, Andy Dalton's not the greatest of quarterbacks, but when you have an experienced guy there that can help you out, like, hey, Jameis, he's biting on your on your curl. You're going to have to look him off before you throw it. You know that you're going there. You're going to mm-hmm. have to look him off. Uh, that's something interesting that I'm, I'm keeping my eye on, eye on that nobody's talking about. I want to see how Andy Dalton plays his role in this, like a Chase Daniels, which, by the way, that man's made more money without – TC, uh, he's he's cashed more paychecks this year than he's than he's had snaps, real snaps in the NFL. That's crazy. Uh, sign That's me up. Crazy. But let me tell you something. That's got to say something about him to where teams mm-hmm. keep bringing him in. Maybe he's going to be an NFL head coach one day. You can't keep. I mean, that I think they're telling us something. But maybe TC, we're selling this podcast in ten years, and he's head coach of the New Orleans Saints. You know, we 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 never, we never, we never, never know. know. I, I I do want to get around the division, though, very quickly. Baker Mayfield's a new quarterback or one of the quarterbacks in Carolina. So many people are split on Baker. I'm not a believer. I think he's a good quarterback, not great. I don't think he's elite, but I think when he gets hot, TC, he can make some things happen. Um, Matt Rule's a good coach. I, I still don't have any faith in the Carolina Panthers uh, when Baker Mayfield got traded to Carolina, what was your initial reaction? What do you think about Baker Mayfield? Uh, I'm not a big fan of Baker Mayfield. I don't hate Baker Mayfield, but I'm just not a fan of his uh, at the quarterback position. I think that when I looked at some of the games that he played in Cleveland, to me, he doesn't make the right reads. I think he struggled when it comes to reading defenses a little bit. So when he goes to Carolina, I don't look at him as as a guy that elevates them. To me, he's the same guys, the same guy that they have already at quarterback position. I don't think it was a really big upgrade. Agreed. You know, so to me, I mean, Carolina may look different with him back there at the quarterback position, but I think it's the same outcome. Uh, I think he's a little bit better than Sam Darnold. Uh, here's the thing about Carolina and what scares me a little bit. 
if if Matt Corral starts, the kid from Ole Miss, the kid that they drafted, hey, now, TC, that kid can play now. And let me mm-hmm. tell you something. That kid will run. I, look, I, I think Matt Corral is the best choice for Carolina because that dude mm-hmm. is just a baller. Okay, like, you know, some of those guys, he doesn't have the biggest arm. He's not the most accurate. He's Brett freaking Favre out there with that. And, look, he's got a bazooka attached to his right shoulder. (laughs) If I'm Carolina, I'm starting Matt Corral. Like, I I, I 1,000% are starting him. But let's see, you know, what he does in the preseason before I crown him the champion. It doesn't affect me either way for Carolina, win, lose, or draw. The the question is, how how much are they paying Baker? I actually, actually, the Browns are paying like three-fourths of his this year's salary, and it's a compensation pick. So if he doesn't throw like more than like 15 or 20 touchdowns, Carolina keeps the pick. They traded him for next to nothing. For real. Yeah, I mean, it's not – look, this is how it was explained to me from an NFL front office guy that was in Megan and I's wedding. They traded him for a bag of, uh, a bag of Skittles without the brain injury, a, a, a whole thing of Lay's potato chips uh, filled to the brim, and a Diet Coke. <laughs> like, that's how he explained it to me. I mean, like, that that's insane. It's that is. insane. But That, that, let you, that lets ahead. you know the Browns was desperate to get rid of him. That was desperate. Look, I was out on Baker, and call me a homer, call me an LSU guy, call me whatever you want. When you started chirping that Odell was your problem and he goes to the Rams and doesn't say a word and balls out, that's on your ass. Okay, yep. you were a fool for making that man leave. So, and it was it was a foolish for the Browns to trade Odell and stick behind Baker and then only trade him for a packet of Skittles. You know, yep. like, I, I, so dumb. That's what makes the Browns the Browns, in my opinion. Like, you, come on, man. And, and, and the crazy thing is, T.C., Odell went to L.A. and balled out. He did. Got a Super Bowl. Got a Super Bowl. I, I, mm-hmm. Dude, he was killing it before he tore his ACL. He, he, he was obliterating uh, Cincinnati. Eli Apple got burnt so bad that it was worse than a third-degree, first-degree burn. I mean, he <laughs> was getting burnt out there. Uh, he okay. was. And one thing Odell was doing, he was getting better every week. Every the offense getting familiar with it. Hey, there's one thing about Odell a pissed off Odell, like a really mad one, is a scary one. I tell you what, if I was his head coach, I'd walk up to him before every game and slap the shit out of him. (laughs) I swear to God, I would. Because look, I'm telling you, I, I saw this at LSU, I saw it in the league. When they went, remember the Josh Norman thing when him and Josh were, you know, fighting it out? He, TC, people forget he had like six catches, 150 yards, and two touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> or some crazy like that. Right. So, we'll see. All right, let's move over to, I mean, nothing happens in Atlanta. Nothing. They've done mm-hmm. nothing. I, I'm not worried about Atlanta. However, a former Atlanta wide receiver, Julio Jones, is making his way to Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. Yep. Brother, they, I mean, look, they got Julio, um, uh, Rudolph, Zach Rudolph signed the tight end from mm-hmm. Minnesota. We all remember the fade in the back of the end zone. He's going to replace Gronk. Uh, then you got Mike Evans and you have Chris Godwin back. TC, he is – and look, you have a two hundred apparently a 260-pound Leonard Fournette and your offensive line returns. They mm-hmm. are – I'm going to say this, and this isn't going to – People, Saints fans, I love you. I hate every team in this division. TC, on paper, they're the best offense in the league. In my opinion, on paper. Because it's not the stats for me. Mm-hmm. Everybody talks about, oh, well, they got these stats. They got those stats. When Tom Brady's behind quarterback with those type of weapons, for me, I best team in the NFC, at least, in my opinion, right now on paper. I know you're going to probably disagree with me, but what do you think about Julio in this offense now with the Bucks? Let me ask you this. Are you thinking, are you saying that they're the best team offensively in the division because they signed Julio? If they if they didn't sign Julio, would you feel that way? Yeah, I I felt it before I felt it before there because 
there's uh, again stats for me are one thing right like mm -hmm. when I see a team with stats like the best team ever in college when you look at LSU 2019's offense okay I, I can't argue that point from a stat statistic. However, there's not a lot of holes there, okay? Mm -hmm. And if they stay upright, it, it just – I don't know how you stop them, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, it took a Herculean effort from the Rams having all pros on the other side, but we – I don't know about – like, for example, the Saints defensive front. I, 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 I don't know if – they don't have an Aaron Donald, Okay, and I know Demario Davis is great, and the secondary is going to be great. But what a hell of a battle that this is going to be! Uh, you got the Saints DB room versus this wide receiver room, and God forbid if Julio does stay healthy, it's a problem, man. They are a serious problem. And TC for me, again, number twelve is at quarterback. I, I there's nothing on plant, God's green earth that's going to make me stop having belief in him until he does retire. It's just me, mm -hmm. though. So, my thought process on it is, Julio's not the same Julio. I agree. We're, I, we're, I'm we're, with not, you. we're not getting prime Julio. And and on the flip side of that, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm mistaken, on the flip side of that, uh -oh. we've beaten Tampa Bay six times in a row. Uh, and, am I correct on that? In the regular season, yes, you are. Regular season. <laughs> yes, you, know, you so, are. So, to me, I mean, I get that the the uh, the Bucks are a good team offensively, but we just got their number. We got their number. It's true. I still feel like I still feel like we are at the top. I still feel like way. Feel that way. We just got their number. There's nothing on planet Earth I want to be more wrong about than that. <laughs> but, but, however, again, it just, look, there's these, and I tell my our producers, Pooh Bear and Zach, this all the time. I am, I'm not a conspiracy uh, theorist, but you, TC, I get these like vibes before a game or these vibes about sports and mm -hmm. the bad vibe. And look, either, and I feel like I'm right 75% of the time. I hope I'm 25% wrong here. At some point, you're going to lose. And, and I just can't, I can't, for whatever reason, I can't put, stop thinking about, but what if with Julio? Because in the offseason, I was watching a video. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not saying we're getting Julio in Atlanta, but uh -huh. I, I, but what I do think is you're where Julio is elite as a wide receiver. I think mm -hmm. you got good Julio. And good Julio is better than a lot of damn receivers in the league. Now, I agree. So, for that reason, and, and look, here's another thing. How much does Tom force him to football? Because you know Tom more than anybody is the guy that when the big-name guy gets there, he why is he throwing Gronk the ball? Gronk is slow. Gronk was there to block. He still found ways to get him the football. If he has mm -hmm. that connection with you, TC, he's going to force him the football. True. And I don't know. I don't know. Here's the problem with me with with Tampa. I know that you got C.D. Deuce. I know that you got Tyron. I know that you got Lattimore. I know that you got Marcus May. God willing, he's healthy. Who is the other corner? Mm -hmm. You know. So when you start get, for me, when you start getting in a scenario where, okay, sounds good. You lock down Mike Evans. Sounds good mm -hmm. you lock down Godwin. Sounds good you lock down Rudolph and Fournette. But now you got Julio. And I just, for whatever reason, find it an issue. Hey, TC, quick slant, eight yards. Quick hitch, mm -hmm. eight yards. Quick slant, nine yards. Quick slant, 11. That's the kind of stuff that Tom does when you watch him. You know this. I mean, when I give you this, TC, and he's giving them the, the, the motion, quick slant. They're one-on-one. -on -one. Beat him. Okay, mm -hmm. that's the part where I just don't know who the other guy on the other side is going to be that does scare me with them. That's that's where mentally, like I'm at, and 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 I definitely agree with that. They do have weapons, but <laughs> like I say, for one, Julio is not the same Julio, 
And who's the other receiver? I can't even what's his, what his name? Not Evans. Who's the other one? Uh, Chris Godwin. Didn't he just come off an ACL injury? Yeah, he did. But you know, so I don't know how he's coming back. And that ACL injury was late, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was late. It was late. You know, so uh, I so, think I think it might have even been in the playoffs. I think it might have been against the Saints. Yeah. So you don't really know how he's going to come back. If he's going to come back the same way he was before he left, you know, you just don't know. You just don't know. So it'll be a good game regardless. I think that it'll be a good matchup to see. I, I We got some people firing, you know, look, the, the guys get on me, TC. They mm -hmm. get after me in here in the comments. Um, so they are saying, hey, Julio's not better than Antonio Brown. Julio's just replacing AB. Sounds good. And, and I get that, but I, I'm just I, – I need to see it. TC, for your story time, let's do this. We do have some fan questions in here for you, and, oh, and yeah. let's, let's wrap or fire them as we uh, uh, close out the show. Uh, Richard says, just curious of TC's opinion of what Jarvis Landry brings to the table this year for the Saints. Uh, I talk about a lot. He, of course, he brings in the ability to catch the ball and to run routes. But he also bring in leadership. That leadership is huge. Uh, that's what he brings to the table. Leadership. Of course, he brings in play that he can play football. He brings that to the table. Mm -hmm. But that leadership part of it, you know, you can't overlook that. That's the biggest thing I think he brings to the table, that leadership part. We can actually help groom some of these younger guys. Uh, I can't find them. <laughs> Uh, but let's get, I guess we can do story time. I guess my, my, my side of the stuff is, is freaking out. Uh, TC, we didn't, I didn't, we didn't talk about a story or a story time. Uh, but off the dome, is there anything that you can remember? Maybe preseason, early weeks, week one, something, maybe a crazy story that you have in the league or just a good story you have in the league. You've been in a lot of training camps. You got anything to, to close this out on TC story time? Ah oh, man, I don't today. I don't. I got. I got to think of some stuff. I got so much stuff in my head. All right, let me ask you I this question. Me, yeah. I'm gonna ask you, and maybe this will uh, jog maybe a memory. Bill Parcells, um, when you made the team, mm -hmm. did you have to go in his office? Like, what was that conversation like? He said, "Now, Terrence, I'm keeping you on the team." Like, I, I just imagine it being really intense. Was he a humble guy? Was he a good guy? Like. Do you, did you ever sit down with him or anything like when you made the team? You know what? I actually knew I was going to make the team at practice. Okay. Explain. So what happened? This, this, so he pulled me to the side. I was walking out of practice. He was like, cop. He said, listen, I want you to understand we got a plan for you. Because, and this is what people don't know about me when it comes to preseason games. And this is with me. From my four years in my four years playing on different teams, um, and playing the league going on ten years, I only played probably about two quarters total in preseason. <laughs> why? <laughs> why? <laughs> why? Why didn't Why didn't you play more? Because was it? And I bet you it was an all in game three too, wasn't it? I don't remember, but I know total. <laughs> it was probably about two quarters in ten years I played in preseason, and this is the reason why. For one, I just I think I just had favor. God just gave me favor that I didn't have to play all those snaps. But so, uh, Coach Parcells came to me because I wasn't playing in preseason, and I'm like, dang, am I going to play? Like I wasn't getting any snaps during preseason my rookie year, so I'm thinking I'm getting cut. Coach Parcells came up to me the next day in practice. He was like, "Cop, let me talk to you a minute." He was like, "Listen, I know you." Very quickly, a lot of very rare. quickly. Did when you're walking up to him, did you think like, no, "Oh no. shit, I'm about to get cut"? Like, well, what were you thinking when he said, "Let me talk to you"? I, I didn't think I was gonna get cut because it was actually on the field already. <laughs> okay. I thought he was just gonna. So come you were to safe. Because, you got out there. You were safe. You're ready to yeah. go. But he usually talked about, you know, different stuff. Uh, you know, his daughter went to East Carolina, so I thought maybe he was gonna bring up some East Carolina stuff. You know, his daughter went, go to East Carolina, went to East Carolina. So he said, cop, I know, I know you're not playing a lot. I know you're not playing. He was like, but listen, we got a plan for you. He said, you're not at the bottom of the totem pole. 
He said, just always understand that. You're not at the bottom of the total pole. He said, what we're doing, we are hiding you. And so this is the first time I got a glimpse of what somebody hiding somebody does. He was like, listen, we're, we're hiding you because we're going to bring you back on practice squad. But if we don't play you in preseason, nobody gets the chance to see you. Uh-huh. And so when we cut you, nobody's going to pick you up and we can claim you right back to our practice squad. He was like, so we're hiding you. We're not going to play you in the preseason. We're going to hide you because we want you to come back, but we're going to bring you back on practice squad. And the only way to do that is not to show you in the preseason. So nobody wanted to pick you up. And so that's how it happened. What a sneaky <laughs> bastard Parcells is, right? Like, let, so let me ask you this. And the last question, we'll, we'll get out of here. What is he like as a human? Ah, uh, very down to earth. And you don't see yeah. that like on TV from him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's always like the bull in the china shop that you see of him. Nah, he's a he's a real good guy, man. He's a good guy. Uh, he's a great coach. Uh, he's a great leader. He talks a lot with his hands. It, he he's got the, the his mama's Italian. He's yep. from a New Yorker. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. He talks a lot with his hands, but he is he's a good guy, man. I, I learned so much from him. Uh, and he just well respected from everybody. His, his, his uh, assistant coaches respect him, but I tell you what, he get on them just as hard as he get on the players. Like I remember one time, I remember one time in practice, something happened, and he made he made everybody run. Coaches too. <laughs> yeah, he did. Did he run? No, he ain't running. <laughs> But yeah, Coach Coach Parcells, man, is a, so Sean was out there running. We had to run to the gate and come back. Something went wrong. We had to run to the gate and come back. You know what that sounds like he told the he told the staff get this shit right before we get in team period, and they didn't get that shit right, and so everybody ran. That's what I'm that sounds like. You, it was crazy, <laughs> but he he's well respected. One thing I respect the most about him is he don't care what round you was drafted. He don't care. If you can play, you're going to play. If you can't play, he, he said before, listen, I already cut second rounders before. He don't care about that. That's why a lot of times he you got these guys from these smaller schools that he liked to draft, smaller school, kind of like Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. go for the smaller school guys because he don't care about what school you go to. It's all about can you play ball? Can you play? If you can't play, then – Oh, it don't matter what school you go to. But if you can play, it don't matter what school you went to. He got a spot for you or he'll give you opportunity, you know. That's so, that's so weird hearing that, you know, because, look, he's a first ballot GOAT head coach. I mean, one of the greatest of all times. And, it's, mm-hmm. you know, people always see him and, you know, you see Saban on the sidelines. You know, I had a, I, I'll leave that one for another day. But, you know, family members that have been around, been with Saban, I mean, they're like, look, in the office. I mean, he gets after us. But, you know, he's not like what he is on the field. It's like once that once that little small foot or, or hits that grass, it's on. You know, yeah. like it, it, it's business. And then you're in his yep. kitchen. And he's mm-hmm. going to Gordon Ramsay the hell out of you. All right. What a great <laughs> show. Dude, next week we got preseason. Yes, sir. I'm excited about that. I'm excited. I am too. You know, I, I got to be honest. You know, the preseason games usually come on late. You know, they're always like a some weird kickoff, like 7.52 p.m. And I always watch the first half, and I'm like really encouraged to watch the, you know, the fourth, third and fourth string guys, and I always fall asleep. Yeah. I can never help it. It's like a, a, a age, to, a story old as time. So hopefully but, I'll be able to stay up this one. But you know what, though, Blake? The crazy thing about it is, I don't even like watching preseason games, but I'm going to watch it for the sake of the podcast so we can talk about some stuff of these games. But I don't like watching preseason games because I, preseason I games is – they're just – I don't know. They're, it's not really what you're going to get when the season starts. You know, it's not the same to me. It's not the same. So I don't, I don't even like watching them. I don't either. I, 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 I watch game two or game three, you know, the one that the starters get in just to get a preface. Mm-hmm. I want to see Jameis. It, hell, yep. Jameis threw three touchdowns, I think, or, yeah, three touchdowns in the preseason game last year. Yeah. I forget who it was about, but he was going off. I think Jameis is going to kill it this year, man. I think he might make the Pro Bowl. 
Man, I, I do too. I don't know about Pro Bowl, you know, because of all positions, that's the least amount of guys that gets to go. Uh, I hope he doesn't make the Pro Bowl because we're in the Super Bowl. Mm. It's just me, yep. you know. This yep. is me. I, I tell you what, if he would have stayed on pace that he was before he got injured, oh, he would have been there. He would have been there. He would have been there. Yep. Mm -hmm. I no doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right, guys. My name's Blake Rafino. This is TC Terrence Cop Cop Copper. <laughs> uh, we will be back very soon. We'll see y'all. Y'all have a good night. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.